Hello, and welcome to Biblical Breadcrumbs. In this episode, we'll be in Matthew 22, uh, starting in verse 2. Yes, finally, we actually made it here. Um, not only has the book of Matthew taken forever, the unintended three-week break that just happened also just happened, so sorry about that. I can try to touch on that a little bit more at the end. Um, but hey, we're finally here in Matthew 22 in verse 2. Now, if you remember from last time, which was now several, several weeks ago at the beginning of June or mid, not June, sorry, beginning of July, mid-July, um, we were looking at the last part of Matthew 21. Um, not exactly sure what verses we covered. I kind of forget about that. Let me, uh, I can, I can look that up really quick. Yeah, it was literally just the last two verses of chapter 21 and the first verse of chapter 22. Uh, I forgot that we only touched on that small of a section. Um, but hey, it, there's so much there because there you kind of see the reaction that the uh, the Jewish leaders are having to Jesus's teaching. Um, Jesus has told a couple of parables. He told one parable that basically uh, ended up in uh, chapter 21, verse 31 and 32, he said, hey, tax, hey, hey, not tax collectors, hey, Pharisees, you are worse than the tax collectors and worse than the prostitutes. Um, oh, sorry, was that too harsh? Let me tell you a story that basically says you're cut off from the kingdom of God and you have no part with him. That's in verses 43 and 44. Uh, okay, um, thanks. And, and after that, after those stories... Well, now, in verse 45, the chief priests and the Pharisees really get that Jesus is going after them. And Jesus says, oh, do you, do you understand that now? You finally get it? Okay, let me tell you another story. Let me tell you the story in Matthew 22, starting in verse 2 and going through verse 14. We're going to read this in a couple of different sections. Um, that is the whole story. We're going to look at it all today. You guys understand that I'm talking to you now. L let me let me make this really pointed, and let me hit it hit it really close to home. So Matthew 22, uh, starting in verse one. Once more, Jesus spoke to them in parables. The kingdom of heaven is like a king who gave a wedding banquet for his son. And he sent his servants to summon those invited to the banquet, but they didn't want to come. And again, he sent out other servants and said, tell those who are invited, see, I've prepared my dinner. My oxen and fattened cattle have been slaughtered and everything is ready. Ready, come to the wedding banquet. But they paid no attention and went away, one to his own farm, another to his business, while the rest seized his servants and mistreated them and killed them. And the king was enraged, and he sent out his troops, killed those murderers, and burned down their city. Then he told the servants, The banquet is ready, but those who were invited were not worthy. Go then, to where the roads exit the city, and invite everyone you find to the banquet. So those servants went out on the roads and gathered everyone they found, both evil and good. And the wedding banquet was filled with guests. Jesus, in talking to the Pharisees, he's going he's gonna to nail them with this really pointed message. And he starts out saying the kingdom of heaven. Uh, he starts out trying to describe the kingdom of heaven. Now, in chapter 21 and verse 43, he said, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you. Right? 
<laughs> so so he's starting out here this is the kingdom of heaven but also there's an expectation that they're not going to access it and they should be aware that that's his expectation going in uh so jesus says hey this, this kingdom of heaven let me explain this to you it's something you'll never achieve it's something you're never going to get but let me explain it to you anyway um the kingdom of heaven is like a king who gave the banquet for his son it's like the king it's not like the banquet um we'll touch on this more at the end the king is the important part right and that's going to lead us to kind of the second part of the story and and where this all goes um the king is the important part the king is the one who's organizing the king is the one who's sending out invitations the king is the one who has something to celebrate and what is it there's this wedding feast that's going on his son is getting married which is a, a happy occasion apparently that's pretty good um and uh there's this there's this banquet thrown in honor of him so the king sends out notes to whomever i i'm doesn't really specify who it is um but like who would a king invite to a banquet right the rich people the successful businessmen his old friends and pals and the uh the officials of his court stuff like that he like probably some pretty famous people and he says hey guys you should come celebrate with me when the king says hey i would really like it if you came and attended this event is that an invitation yes but is it an invitation or a command right think about authority figures inviting you to go somewhere if a police officer pulls you over and gives you a ticket and then says you know i would really like it if you came to traffic court one day that's not really that's not an invitation that's not something i can decline that's him saying him politely saying hey you should be here on this time king invites you to something that is a command and these people just ignore it and they are just doing whatever and they don't really care and so in verse 4 the king sends out again he sends other servants and he says hey i'm the king firstly you should be coming just because i'm the king secondly let me explain to you what i've done right i have i have the best flocks and herds around best animals that there are in this country because i'm the king and also the best of the best right the fattened calf i've given that and 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 he's dead now and he's waiting for somebody to eat him i'm inviting you people to be part of it please do yourself a favor and enjoy this celebration enjoy uh the things that are going on here it'll be fun it'll be good it, it's it's the best that there is that anyone can give you please attend this wedding feast and you know what they say to him well they don't actually say anything but in verse um in in verses five and six they go back to work you know they're farming every single day day in day out for all of their lives and essentially what they say is you know i'd rather do another day of the endless drudgery that is the rest of my life than spend any amount of time with you whatsoever i don't want to celebrate the the happy things with you i don't want to help you be joyous no i'd rather just go and do my own thing and not even a fun thing i'm just gonna go work in the field again and go further than that right verse six some of them walk away but some of them also just you know kill all the servants 
Uh, and the king isn't very happy about that one, and so he kind of responds very justly and very reasonably uh, and kills all of them. Absolutely. He kills all of them, killed those murderers, and he burns down their city. They have no place to go to, even if they could go anywhere, which they can't, because when you're dead, you kind of can't really go anywhere. Um, and so they're just gone. But then there's a problem. Because, see, the king was not doing this to kill them. The king was doing this all so that he'd have someone to celebrate with. But unfortunately, when they're all kind of gone... Um, he has nobody to celebrate with anymore. And so he brings this up to his servants in verse 8 and says, Hey, so I have this banquet, all this food that I've prepared, but now there's nobody here that I can celebrate with. Y'all better go collect the homeless people from the roads, and we're going to have a banquet with them, right? Because the people who I liked... The people who I had worked with, the people who I had cared about and spent time with and wanted to be here, uh, they didn't want to be here. They were actually horrible people. They were destructive and murderous and awful, and none of them were worthy. In fact, who is more worthy? Random people from the sides of the road. Those people are more worthy than the guys I invited. So you should go pick them up. And so the servants go out, and they go to the roads, and they just grab everybody. They grab some good people in verse 10. They grab some evil people also in verse 10. And both good and evil people are more worthy than that original group that was invited. And so these guys are all pulled in together, and the king, as he walks around his banquet hall, he's looking, and he he looks out, and, hey, there's a guy who defrauded him. Not a very good guy, but, you know, today's a day of happiness, and it's a day of celebration, and so, hey, we're going to pardon him, we're going to let him eat at the feast just as well, because we can all we can all rejoice in this moment, we don't need to take our vengeance right now. And he's also looking out, and he sees an old friend, like a poor guy, and he was, he was really um, down on life, and he was really having a hard time and so the king had to help him out a little bit but now he's here and now the king is celebrating with him and it's just this wonderful thing hey there's a good person i used to know him he's he's helpful glad he's here everybody belongs at this banquet and nobody's gonna get kicked out because you have good people here you have bad people here i mean if god's sorry sorry spoiler alert for where this is going if the king is willing to put up with the good people here then who is he not willing to put up with well now we need to look at verse 11 because if the story ended here it would all be wonderful and happy and just like everything is great but it doesn't actually end here no we go on and so in matthew chapter 22 let's start reading in verse 11 When the king came in to see the guests, he saw a man there who was not dressed for a wedding. So he said to him, Friend, how did you get in here without wedding clothes? The man was speechless. And then the king told the attendants, You tie him up hand and foot, throw him into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are invited, but few are chosen. King comes in, and he looks around, and he sees some good people, and he sees some bad people, but you know, we can make peace with everybody at this wedding feast, but oh, hold up, not that guy. Because what's that guy doing? That guy, he's walking around the hall, he's 
fraternizing with the guests, right? He's he's in the presence of the king, and he's around all this nobility and all this fancy feast. He's probably eating some, but he's not there to celebrate what the king is there to celebrate, and that's an issue. That That's a real problem because that's the entire point. This is a wedding feast. This is something that, that the king is supposed to be celebrating. He's invited everyone so that they celebrate his son, so that they can be at the wedding feast, but it's for the purposes of celebration, not for the feast itself. And this guy hasn't gotten that. No, he hasn't even dressed up for it, right? If you go to a wedding, if you go to a, a funeral, if you go to a church service or what else like a like a school event some kind of fancy dinner or whatever so sorry about that i forgot there's a landline phone in this office and it uh, it rings sometimes whoops um i do- totally forgot where i was yes uh, when the when you're invited to a fancy event you dress up for it a little bit that's pretty normal that's pretty typical uh and if you're invited to a wedding i mean even nowadays we do this and we dress up a little bit and something that's a little nicer than what we usually wear throughout the normal work day probably um there's there's a certain level of respect to that you wouldn't go to a wedding in shorts and a t-shirt probably unless you live in like california somewhere um it's probably not done but this guy's doing it and he's he's disrespecting the king who's invited him he's not even dressing up for this event that he's going to because he doesn't care he doesn't care about the wedding he doesn't he doesn't care that there's a wedding he came for the food he came for the the rich people around him he came for that the high society and for the bragging rights of being able to like i don't know post on instagram that he was with everybody he didn't come to celebrate what the king wanted that's not why he showed up and so the king calls him out on it he walks into the hall he talks to this guy and this guy's like oh i thought the king would be busy i didn't realize that he would be here i I didn't think he would correct me on i i i didn't i didn't know And when the king asks him what excuse he's going to offer, he's just got nothing because he hasn't even thought that far ahead. Like, excuses are bad. But at least this guy could have tried to come up with one. And he doesn't even do that. He's just sitting. He's speechless. He doesn't know what to say. He knows he's been caught doing something he shouldn't have. And now the king's going to, he's asking him on it. He's not getting an answer. So fine. We're going to throw him out. We're going to get rid of him. Because if he doesn't want to be here, he doesn't belong here. And we don't need to act like he does. And so throw him out. Throw him out into horrible places. Because even though I've invited so many, so many people, most of them couldn't come. I killed a lot of them. And now this guy who has come, well, he's not invited anymore. Because he has disrespected me. That's what the king says. He has disrespected me and my son and this event and everything that goes into it. He doesn't belong here. And so he's thrown out. Think about what this story means for just a minute. The kingdom is like a king, the kingdom of heaven. What's the king of the kingdom of heaven? Sorry, who's the king of the kingdom of heaven? Well, that's God, right? That that makes pretty much sense. Um... And God has got this great 
wedding happening. He's got this great thing to celebrate, and so he invites a group of people, a select group of people, to partake in that. Who is that? Well, I'd suggest that's the Jewish people. That's the Israelites from the Old Testament, right? Jesus is talking specifically to the Pharisees. Hey, Pharisees, you were invited to be at the wedding feast with God, but remember throughout the Old Testament, right? Read, um, read the book of Judges, read the books of the Kings, and 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 the Chronicles, and the uh, the the Old Testament, all all the prophets, and really all the books of the Law as well. And and anything you read in the Old Testament points you to the fact that Israel did not do very good at accepting God's invitation. They rather ignored it and did whatever they wanted to do. But instead of just outright destroying all of them, God said, hey, so I've got this new invitation and I'm going to do this new thing. I'm going to put out a new covenant. There's this cool Messiah character that I'm going to bring in. There's this, like, there's so many good things that I'm going to put out here. Hey, this is a better offer than I originally had. Would you like to to be present at this thing? Would you like to show up for this? Because I think this would be good for you. You should come. You should come to the wedding feast. And what did the Jews do that time when the New Testament was being revealed, when the New Covenant was being instituted, except they actually got really violent this time and killed the one who's instituting it. And so God kills them. And God removes them. And nowadays, you know, the temple's never been rebuilt. Right? There is no more Judaism. There is no more animal sacrifice. There, uh, that's gone. Because they ultimately rejected God. God ultimately rejected them. That's verses 6 and 7. The Pharisees are hearing that. And they're hearing that. That God has rejected them. And instead, he's opened it up to the people on the sides of the road. He's opened it up to the Gentiles, the people that they don't like very much. Everybody who's, who wants to can be part of God's family now. It's not just God's chosen people. It's not God's chosen race or nation. Now it's everybody because of their failure. And, of course, they don't like that message very much. They don't like that message at all because that means they were such a horrible failure that God saved everybody else. And they're condemning themselves, and they don't want to hear about that. And so as we go into the rest of chapter 22 next week, or, well, <laughs> not next week, but as we start into the rest of chapter 22 next week, and especially going into Matthew 23, you're going to see Jesus come after the Pharisees even, even more, because they are so far gone at this point. Their response to this correction is to get angry and try to plot against him and capture him. That's going to be in verse 15. They're so far gone. These are the people who are rejecting the second time. And so God's going to get rid of them because they don't want to be there with him. That's the unfortunate truth of how the situation is going to go. So, we'll pick up from there next time from verse 15 and uh, continue on into the chapter of 22. I know this is going a little bit longer than the last few episodes have gone, but we do still need to circle back around and talk some specific points. Um, this is a longer reading than typical, and so, hey, we're doing it all at once so that it all makes sense, but that means it's going to run a little bit long. Sorry about that. Um, 
looking at just a few specific points. I know I wrote these down somewhere. I'm very disorganized after three weeks off. Okay, there we are. Uh, just a few specific ideas uh, coming from these 14 verses. First one is in verse 2, where it says, Jesus says, The kingdom of heaven is like a king who gave a wedding banquet for his son, right? The kingdom of heaven is like a king. This is important. We've talked about this before back in chapter 13, I think, uh, all the way back then. Um, the king, where, where it's like the kingdom of heaven is like the, the this specific object, this specific person, this specific role. Um, it, it's, it's like all these things. This is who we're comparing the kingdom to, the kingdom is like its king. The kingdom is not like the banquet. The kingdom is not like the sun, even. The kingdom is like its king. This is this, this is really important, right? Why is it that you're trying to go to heaven? Right? If you're trying to go to heaven, which I think people listening to this probably are, um, why is it that you're trying to go to heaven? Is it because the streets are gold, and that would be cool to see. Well, yeah, that's kind of on my bucket list. Uh, is it because I have friends and family there that I would like to see? Well, well, yeah, that's definitely true. I would love to see them. Okay. Um, is it because it's a lot better than that other place that I could go? And I don't really want to suffer that other place. And so, hey, I wouldn't go to heaven instead. Well, yes, okay, it is that too. But the kingdom's not about what I can get out of it. And the kingdom's not about all the blessings to me the kingdom is about God. And if my motivation at the end of the day is anything other than I want to be with God, I need to check myself because that's not a proper motivation to be in the kingdom. That's being the guy who's showing up at the wedding to get the food, not to celebrate the wedding, right? That is the self-centered mindset. We can't afford to be doing that as we're gonna see in just a couple minutes, um, as we did see just a couple minutes ago. The kingdom is about the king, and the king is going to tell you to celebrate the banquet, and the king is going to tell you to celebrate his son. Yes, but the kingdom starts with the king. You need to value the creator over the created, right? And the place of heaven is about God being there. It's not about the physical location. Don't get those two out of order. Don't get those two confused. Um... Make sure that your motivation for heaven is to be with God, not just to be in a place that doesn't hurt. If you're with God, you are in a place that doesn't hurt. But if you aim for the place that doesn't hurt, that doesn't mean you're going to be with God. Don't get those two confused. Hopefully that makes sense. Um, second idea, uh, well, kingdom of heaven is like its king, not about the stuff that you get out of it. Second idea comes from verse 4. Where, where God gets rejected in verse 3, outright rejected, completely ignored, and his response to that is to turn around and be merciful all over again in verse 4. Again, he sent out, and he doesn't just send out with a bare-bones offer. He doesn't strip back on it any. No, he actually increases it and increases how appealing it is and tries to get people to listen to him. When you're rejected by somebody or something, when you're ignored... Is your typical response to kind of lash out or snap back or just cut yourself off from that person? Or is it to try to reach out again and be merciful? Because God is full of examples of reaching out again and being merciful. And he doesn't often 
just like immediately lash out right in fact uh, i'd have to think about it some but i don't think he ever immediately lashes out um god is merciful and we better emulate that if we're going to be like him third point is comes from verse 10 where these servants went out onto the roads and they gathered everyone they found both evil and good that is such a weird touch that is such an odd detail to throw in there but god gathers the evil and the good hey do you think you're a good person are you nice to people do you talk well to people do you not cut too many people off in traffic i don't know what your qualifications for being a good person are you think you're a good person well cool God's got a place for you. You should show up. You should be with God. And you should, uh, that will allow you to refine your goodness and to put that in a real productive place and actually do something worthwhile with it. Flip side of that, are you an evil person? Do you have a lot of like hidden faults and, and um, so many issues and you can't seem to get over them and everything you touch is awful and, and nothing good ever happens? Well, good. God's got a place at the table for you, and you should come there because he can help you fix it, because he can help guide you in through that, and, and he can help pull you out of the pit you've dug for yourself. Are you a good person? Are you an evil person? doesn't matter. God wants you, and there's a place open for you if you want to take it. Both good and evil are invited. There is no qualification on who's invited. Everybody's called for the wedding feast. But, oh, in verse 12, if you show up and you don't care, and if you try to get into God's kingdom without caring about the king, without following what the king says, without obeying any of the rules that are put down, if you try to sign the contract and then not fulfill on any of the obligations, that's not going to go very well for you. And there's no way you're going to have any success in that guys if you're trying to like rent an apartment and then you just decide not to pay for it you're gonna get kicked out because that's how it goes when you join up with god you sign his contract and you agree to live by it if you refuse to live by it he's gonna throw you out if you refuse to dress up for the wedding you're not gonna be part of it and that's that's just the fact of life that's how it's gonna go so don't be that guy Please, please don't be that guy. So we're going to pick up there in, in the end of verse 14 uh, and carry on through some of the rest of chapter 22 next week. Thanks for listening. Um, very glad that you're here, um, willing to listen. Very sorry about the super long break. Um, did not mean for that to happen. I, I'll, I'll, by the time this is up there, I'll have removed that update I posted a couple weeks ago, but... Um, yeah, I was out of town for a week. I just straight up forgot the second week, and then I was moving the third week, and so I was, I've was i been a little bit busy. But thankfully, I'm here. Everything's good. I'm all settled, well, as much as I can be, um, and it's all all right. So hopefully, we'll be able to stay consistent throughout the rest of August. That's the goal, um, and hopefully, that's going to work out just fine. I'm going to try to stay consistent throughout September. I have some stuff going on, and I don't know exactly what that's going to look like. So theoretically, I can record ahead of time, like this week and, and the next couple of weeks, and have stuff 
so that September can be consistent even when I'm out and about. Um, we'll see how that goes. I'll let you know how that's looking when we get into later August. So once again, thanks for being here. Uh, hopefully there's something in all of that, that parable that's helpful to you. That's something you should go think about. Um, it's one of my favorite parables, probably because it's so scary in the last few verses. And I think that's really, really something to dwell on. Are we the type of people who are going to God because of God or because of something that we want out of it? Are we actually fulfilling what he's asked us to do? That's the question. Hope you all think about that. All right. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed. And I'll see you on the next episode of Biblical Breadcrumbs.